enemy has reared his head, but I'm here to encourage you. I believe that God, with all of God's heart, wants to give you that breakthrough. Amen? Let's look at 2 Samuel, the fifth chapter. I'm going to begin reading here in the fifth verse. We'll go down to the, to the fifth verse and then jump down to 17. It says, Then all the tribes of Israel came to David at Hebron and spoke, saying, Indeed, we are your bone and your flesh. Also in times past, when Saul was king over us, you were the one who led Israel out, brought them in. And the Lord said to you, You shall shepherd my people Israel and be ruler over Israel. Therefore, all the elders of Israel came to the king at Hebron, and King David made a covenant with them at Hebron before the Lord, and they anointed, notice that, they anointed David king over Israel. David was 30 years old when he began to reign, and he reigned for 40 years. In Hebron, he reigned over Judah seven years and six months, and in Jerusalem, he reigned 33 years over all of Israel and Judah. Now, I want you to look down, skip down here, the, the between verses there from 5 to 17. Now, David has taken over Jerusalem. Now, it's called the city of David. But now, in verse 17, it says, when, Now, when the Philistines heard that they had anointed David king over Israel, all of the Philistines went up to search for David. And David heard of it, and he went down to the stronghold. The Philistines also went and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I go up against the Philistines? Will you deliver them into my hand? And the Lord says to David, Go up, I will doubtless, without any doubt. Don't you love that? I will doubtless deliver the Philistines into your hand. So David went to Belperazin, and David defeated them there. And he said, the Lord has broke through my enemies before me like a breakthrough of water. Therefore, he called the name of the place Baal-perazim. And they left their images. The Philistines had taken off. They left their idols, their images there. And David and his men carried them away. Then the Philistines went up once again and deployed themselves in the valley of Rephaim. Therefore, David inquired of the Lord and said, You shall not go up, circle around behind them, come up upon them in front of the mulberry trees. And it shall be when you hear the sound of the marching in the tops of the mulberry trees, then you shall advance quickly. For then the Lord will go out before you to strike the camp of the Philistines. David did so as the Lord commanded him, and he drove them back, the Philistines, from Geba as far as Gezer. Now, as we look here, I want us to first off start by looking at the anointing. Anywhere you see the uh, anointing in the Word of God, that word literally means to rub on. It was, it was used as a symbol for the empowering of the Holy Spirit. The anointing is in reference to the Holy Spirit. Now, we see that there are three individuals that held positions or offices in Israel that were anointed. Kings, priests, and prophets. Kings, priests, and prophets. Now, I can't find anywhere in the Word of God where a single individual held all three of those offices. We have priestly kings, and we have prophetic priests, but we don't see that 
that character in any single one until we see the Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus' name meaning Jehovah is salvation or salvation. Jesus Christ, he is the Messiah. He is the anointed one. He is the anointed king. He is the anointed priest. And he is the anointed prophet. So his anointing to, to be a king means he has all authority. He has the empowering of the Spirit. All authority belongs to him in heaven and in earth. It was bestowed upon him by the Father. Now we see that he is our high priest. He has been anointed high priest. He is the anointed high priest. Every other high priest was pointing to him. He's the mediator of the new covenant. Now we also see that he is the prophet. He is the anointed proclamation of the Father. He is the perfect exegete of the Father. He is here to declare his word. He is the word. He is the one who tells and declares to all of us uh, the, the love of the Father, the power of the Father, and the provision of the Father. Amen? He is the anointed one. So we as children of God, and we find in the book of Acts this phrase that will begin to be introduced, and that is Christians, those who follow Christ those who follow after the anointed we as people of God need to understand that God has taken up habitation in our heart whenever we accept him as Lord and Savior thus his authority his mediation and his prophetic voice resides in the heart of his people amen so as we look here we want to see anointing and as I began to look at this and saw this uh, in, in prayer meeting a few weeks back, and it's just something that just has stuck with me. What I noticed here is whenever they anointed David, David was anointed over all of Israel. He went from a place and position of ruling over two tribes. See, because Israel's made up of 12 tribes. Twelve sons became twelve tribes that became the nation of Israel. He was there after the death of Saul, who reigned over all of Israel. The kingdom was divided, and now David was ruling over two tribes. And for seven years, he did this faithfully. Then, now he, after seven years, has been anointed king over all of Israel. So he went from being anointed over two tribes to now being anointed over twelve tribes. He reigned over Judah for seven years, and now he will reign over all of Israel for 33 years, 33 more years. What we see there is roughly there's a six times exponential increase in David. And this is what I believe. I believe the Holy Spirit increases our capacity. I believe that the power of the Spirit of God increases the capacity of the church. He said, I will, you need to break loose and lengthen your cords, stretch out your tents. The Bible tells us that he will do exceeding, abundant, above all we could ask or think according to the power that is at work where? Within us. David was anointed, and with that anointing, the capacity to expand the kingdom was lengthened. It was greatened. It was increased. 
I believe that there is an anointing that the Lord has in reserve for the kingdom of God for these last days that he will bestow upon the church. I believe it's already here. I believe it is already accessible. I believe it is already available. But I do believe that God doesn't work for me. I work for him. And I believe there's a release of the anointing that's going to increase the capacity for you and I to function and live and operate in the kingdom of God. So I want to talk to you about that just a little bit this evening. As we entered in this, this, this vein of the supernatural of God, to see the Lord heal individuals when we pray, to see God deliver those who are in bondage, to see people that are at a place of, of ruin in their lives, see them be restored by God. I do know this. We cannot even begin to think that we can accomplish that without the empowering of the Holy Spirit. Now, I love the fact that David went out and he first off, he inquired of the Lord. There's an enemy that has encroached. They are there sitting outside my gates. Lord, do I go after them? And the Lord said, yes, doubtless, I will deliver them to you. I will say to you, as David is, is represents a man, as we are looking at him tonight, but also he, in many aspects, represents uh, the beloved king of kings and lord of lords. And I will declare to you tonight that every enemy of the cross, every enemy of the image of God the Father in our lives, the Lord God has delivered to his son, Jesus, and doubtless had delivered every enemy to him. We have victory in Christ. But he inquired. Sure enough, see, the Philistines came out, camped out for you and I, camped out against the church. Lord, will you deliver these enemies that come against your image by offering up other images? They got their images and their versions of what God should be like or what God should look like. As we see in the garden, the temptation was, oh, you'll be like God. But instead, what we got is now God is like us. We got in the fall of man this imagery conjured by the, 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 the vain imagination of fallen humanity. And now all of these idols are coming out. But what I see is the church arising to the day. And as they listened to the voice of God and God said, yes, I want you to go. I want you to defeat. I want you to destroy the enemy who's brought his images out into the field of battle. And let me tell you, even though the enemy brought those images and those images could be anything contrary to the very image of the Father, the Bible tells us that they were defeated and they left those images there. I don't know about you, but I have this yearning in my heart that the church could look like Jesus. I've got this yearning in my heart that my children and my children's children will dwarf anything and everything that I could have imagined as a child of God. I've got this image uh, that there will be healthy, happy relationships uh, that are in covenant with the living God. 
I have this image that people will not identify themselves according to culture, but they will fall by the anointing of God in the field of battle on the cross, and they will rise up. The images in this world... The enemy has come out in unprecedented measures. But there is an anointing. There is an anointing. There is an anointed one. There is an anointed church. To say, no, no, no. We bear the image of our Father. We walk in the likeness of the Son. We have within us the Spirit of the living God who will defeat every dead God that you have conjured up in your mind. Whatever's been birthed out of hell is not going to make it into heaven. It'll be defeated on the grounds. And I believe, folks, that we are stepping into those days. So those images left in the field. Now the audacity, the tenaciousness, the relentless pursuit of the enemy see they they went out and they're coming against the giant killer David defeated the giant 1 Samuel 17 and now they are camped out in the valley of giants but David's not alone now oh no he's got the armies of Israel and the mighty men that have risen up around him. The King of kings and the Lord of lords, the beloved living God, the Lord Jesus Christ, the champion, he ascended into heaven victorious over heaven or victorious over the earth and over hell all the dominion he rose a perfect human as a perfect representative of you and I but we rose with him and he put the champion spirit in our heart. He didn't call us losers. He didn't call us uh, sinners saved by grace. No, he calls us the righteousness of the Father. He has put upon us uh, the breastplate of righteousness uh, that protects the vital organs. Uh, he put upon us the helmet of salvation, uh, gave us the sword of his spirit and the shield of faith. Uh, and now everywhere we go, we got these boots of the good news. Uh, so we carry the good news with us any and everywhere we go, uh, telling the world you're bad news news is bad but we've got some good news and his name is Jesus amen so go out into the battlefield in the valley of giants and the, the David's guy I got some giant killers with me they go out into the field but see David is not presumptuous because I love what the word of the Lord tells us and it's probably worth reading. Got a minute? Verse 12. So David knew. David knew the Lord had established him as king over Israel. That he exalted his kingdom for the sake of his people, Israel. He, being God, exalted his, being God's kingdom, for the sake of his people. What is the purpose of the anointing? Destroy the yoke of the enemy. What is the purpose of the anointing? 
Well, Jesus said, the spirit, of, the, the anointing is upon me that I may preach the good news. The anointing is upon me so that I can set at liberty those who have been bruised. The anointing is upon me so that I can declare the acceptable year of the Lord. The anointing is upon me so I can heal the brokenhearted. Why was Jesus anointed to do all of those things? And he made that declaration you will find in Luke 4 and 18. But what we see here is that David wasn't presumptuous. He understood the source of his strength. He understood the strength of his mind and where it came from. And so he inquired, Lord, the enemy is out there at my doorstep again. What do you want me to do? We, he, he wasn't presumptuous to say, just because God told me once doesn't mean he's going to tell me again. I'm going to make sure this is God. I'm going to make sure I enter in this ballot, into this fight again. He said, you're not going to face him head on. I want you to flank him. And I want you to run him out the same way he came in. But before you go out, I want you to wait. I want you to wait till you hear the sound. It wasn't just a gentle breeze. It was the roaring of the wind. As the Bible said, it's the marching on the tops of the mulberry trees. And the rabbis, the rabbis, they have understood that to mean that the angels marched on tops of the mulberry trees. In other words, the armies of the living God, the, or, the Lord of the host of the armies of Israel, the armies, the host of all the armies of heaven, they're marching on the tops of the mulberry trees, and it wasn't a gentle breeze. It was a blowing and a rushing mighty wind that blew in. And when you get the power of the wind blowing and you feel that, church, now you begin to move out against the enemy. Now, this is what's interesting to me. David defeated Israel, not Israel, the Philistines, in the first bat battle in the valley of Rephaim, the valley of giants. But then the enemy came back. And David didn't just defeat the enemy. Now he's driving the enemy away from him. Gibeah was abbreviation for Gibeah. Gibeah to Gezer is about 40 miles. So David is not just going to let the enemy come encroach in around his house again. He said, no, by the strength that I have now, the anointing that is upon me now, I'm going to drive the enemy out. I believe, folks, it's time the church gets to the place where they decide, I need more than a victory. I need to live victorious. I need more than just, a, just one battle of, of, of victory. I need to drive this enemy away from my family. I need to drive this enemy of depression out of my yard, out of my house, down the street I need to drive it as far away from me that it can't get up and come back at any ease I need to push it on out so that it doesn't plague the next generation 
So I believe, folks, the anointing will increase our capacity. We should never, ever lose our dependency upon the anointing. But I believe there's an anointing of the Holy Spirit in empowering for the church that has been there all along. But I believe it's going to be realized in these days that we're living that we're just sick and tired of being sick and tired. That, that we're just uh, at a point in a place where it's uh, okay, now it's time, to, it's time to have not just joy, but joy unspeakable. It's not just time to have uh, abundance, but exceeding abundance. It's time just not just to have enough, uh, but have more than, more than, more than enough. It's time that we start living uh, the, as the children that God uh, has intended for us to live. Bearing His image. Furthering his kingdom. But it's interesting to me. It's interesting to me that the anointing went searching for David. Jesse, are these all your boys? Well, no. I got one more. Where is he? He's out tending the sheep. And none of you are going to sit down until he gets here. Go get him. Go get him. Go get him. The whole of creation is in turmoil, waiting for the manifestation of the sons of God, the weos, the fully mature. The ones that don't get their feelings hurt on Sunday and they're not back for six months. The ones that don't, uh, uh, they're not so much interested in the things that are going on around them as they are interested in what's going on inside of them and whether or not they are bearing the image of the Father. They're not so much worried about uh, uh, being offended. Uh, they're just more interested uh, in being an offense to the enemy and stepping out in power and authority of God. They're the weos. They're about the Father's business. They're, all, they're well beyond the place where they want the stuff of the Father. Father to absorb their own selfish ambitions. They're not pouting over because somebody else got something that they thought they deserved. Oh, no, no, no. They're interested in the Father's business. They're interested in what the Father is interested in. They want what the Father wants because they understand they're bearing the image of their Father. See, David, they said, we're not going to sit down. I believe that there is a restlessness in the world today. There is a, an anxious anticipation, a restlessness. You feel it in your heart, a restlessness waiting on the manifestation of the sons of God. And there's a yearning in the, in the very heart of the church. And they're saying, I want to know you, Father, so that I may express your love to the world. I need to know you. I am hungry, Lord God. Lord, give me a taste of your glory. Give me a taste of your glory. I just want to walk in your image. 
They've been set down, and David came to the house. They anointed him. And David went from the anointing and ascended straight to the throne. No. It didn't happen that way. What happened to David? He went back to the field. How do you know? Because the Bible tells us that there was a young girl that, or, or a servant, if you will, that was tending Saul, and he was needing some relief from the torment and the torture. He was needing some anointed worshiper. I seen a boy. I seen a man. Where'd you say he's he's out in the field? So they went and got him and brought him in there, and he would play as a minstrel before King Saul, and he was his spirit was soothed. But then, folks, uh, he rose that day, uh, and because of the anointing, uh, he slew the bear in the line. Because of the anointing uh, and the empowering of the Holy Spirit, uh, he stood against Goliath, uh, and he defeated Goliath. Uh, and now he became servant to the one who hated him and wanted to kill him. And he did that, some believe, for seven years. But when Saul was taken out, David didn't say, I'm, uh, I need to tell y'all something. I've been anointing. Just let you know. It's here. It's on me. Can you smell the, the fragrant oil? It's here. I'm, I'm, it's, I'm all of that. I, I got it together. I, I've been out. I've been serving. I, sh- come on. See me. See me. He didn't do it. They came and got him. They said, we're going to anoint you. Now he's anointed over Judah. And then, seven and a half years later, after the one that replaced Saul died, now all of Israel came. David didn't say, well, you know, I've been doing a good job over here with these two. I think maybe I'm ready for the 12. He didn't go looking for it. He didn't go promoting. He didn't go. No, he waited upon the Lord. And the Lord said, now, David, it's been a little while, but now you're going to step in exponentially to the place, and you're going to further my kingdom, and you're going to cause my kingdom to grow and to prosper, and you're going to defeat the enemies. And let me tell you this. God has chosen You did not choose God. I want to tell you something the Lord told me to tell you today. It doesn't matter the voices that you've heard in your past. It doesn't matter what you feel in your heart at this moment. Pray, Holy Spirit, you reveal this. You, this is what he told me, you are a part of the master's plan. And stop a minute. Think about this. You might have been born in a place. You might have gone through some stuff. You might have decided that it's no longer a part of your makeup. But you are a part. 
part of the master's divine plan. Does that not change everything? Does it not realign your thoughts? Does it not arrest your heart and say, wait a minute, wait a minute. Those images that have been coming against me that are contrary to the image of God, the anointing is rising up in me. And those images will be defeated at Calvary because Jesus Christ has already won the battle over Satan, over sin, and he has given me the ability to overcome self. But now I understand this is not my call. It's his, and he is the one who has chosen me. I didn't choose him. I wouldn't know how to choose him. I wouldn't know how to find God. He was never lost. I was the one that was lost, and he found me in the muck, in the mire. He found me in the pit. He found me in the gross darkness. He found me in the insecurity and the self-hatred and the addiction and all of the things that would heap upon my wretched soul. And he said, oh, son, don't worry. I'll get you cleaned up. And he reached his passionate, loving, heart-filled hand, and he pulled me out by the blood of the Lamb. And he set my feet upon a rock that I may stand. Don't tell me that God wants your body hurting. Don't tell me that God wants you defeated. Don't tell me that God wants the church living in a place of defeat. You are his. And he is mine. Oh, Lord, you are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy, Father. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, Lord Jesus. I hadn't even got to the message yet. Praise the living God. Praise the living God. Praise the living God. Go ahead and stand. Go ahead and stand. We're going to move because God's moving. We're going to learn. Hallelujah. 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 Folks, this is how the capacity, this is how we, this is how we, in, the, the kingdom is, is furthered. This is how our capacity increases. It's by revelation. It's by revel, it's not information, it's by revelation. God begins to reveal who we are in him. The Lord has instructed me that I need to bear the image of the Father that they may see the Father and the love of the Father. The Father has been defamed for too long. When Jesus said, you see me, you have seen the Father. He is my Father and he is your Father.
and the enemy has made you think that he is uh, some weird, uh, duplicit individual who wants to kill you one minute uh, and rescue you the next. No, if you've seen Jesus, you have seen the Father, and the Father expresses his love through the sacrifice of his Son. It is the Lord who gave his Son so that he would bring us into adoption. His intent wasn't just to rescue us from sin, but to live in eternal relationship with us. It's his love. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done. Do you believe that it is our Father's will that our bodies be enwrapped in pain? That our relationships are destroyed? No. If you've got a need in your body, come down here right now. Come down here right now. Say, God, I, I've got a need. I need God for you to heal me. If you've got a need in a relationship, I want you to come and just begin to surrender to God. If you've got a need right now, if there's a pain in your body, we're going, we're going to pray, we're going to believe, we're going to say, God, your will be done, your will be done. I need some worshipers, come help me. I need some prayer warriors, come on, let them, everybody, as many as need, come down.